Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I'm joined again on Tuesday, Tuesdays we're calling them, uh, with Stu Kedwell from RBC Global Asset Management. And, and one of the interesting things that's been happening uh, as, as we've continued to move through this COVID-19 health crisis, and, and, and something that I, I know investors are, are, are wonder about, and, and I even see it being a challenge uh, in the news media that covers the markets and the global economy is is how can we continue to have you know somewhat bad news around what's going on with the virus although things have improved but we're still seeing lots of new cases and 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 lots of uh, of fatalities uh, we're also getting starting to see some of the some of the bad news in terms of economic figures yet the market just continues to seem to chug along it's it's recovered more than half of its losses from its initial decline uh, in, through through March, and 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 I, Stu, I thought I thought I would maybe get your perspective on how, how can markets just look through this? Why does this happen? How can we understand that? Well, it's a great question, Dave. Uh, like markets are very forward looking, and they're very long term in, in nature. So uh, when there's you know when there's a liquidity issue, uh, everyone's time horizon really shortens in. And when liquidity is more plentiful, then people will look towards uh, better days. And um, and right now, really, what we've been living through in the last six or seven weeks has been a plethora of liquidity in the financial markets. And the real economy is not really functioning, so it's not using that liquidity. So it kind of keeps roaming around in the financial markets and keeps valuations at, I wouldn't say stretch levels, but at pretty healthy levels relative to uh, you know, some of the discussion that you've heard from Eric and things like that about when the actual economic recovery might take place. And, you know, we've seen it time and time again as companies have started to report. You know, last night we had Canadian National Railway. This morning we had PepsiCo. The results were not bad from the first quarter and they withdrew their guidance. And it's not really surprising to uh, people. I think both stocks are doing, you know, if anything, they're up a little bit today. The near term you know, not that companies are getting an outright free pass, but unless something is coming up that says the longer term might be different than we thought, um, you know, market reaction has been has been pretty benign. And that's because there is a fair amount of liquidity out there. And so it, 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 are, are you concerned at all that at, that at some point, though, that the news flow and the current news flow um, gets to a point where where markets do get unnerved? Uh, and 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 start to 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 react more to bad news that that's coming out in in uh, on, on a day to day basis. Well, it, in the near term, um, you know, companies are getting a little bit of a free pass. Like as we get into you know farther into the second quarter, you know, today you know people are enthused when uh, governments come out and said you know we're going to reopen the economy or it's going to be three, these three stages to reopening the economy. And we can look globally and say, you know, in other spots, maybe in Asia where there has been some, you know, some movement towards getting things going again, is that the first, you know, kind of 60% of the economy comes back pretty quickly, but the last 40% takes a bit more time. And, you know, where that will present a bit of a challenge for markets perhaps is as the summer moves on and North America gradually reopens uh, baby steps followed by you know, more concrete action, if the economy doesn't kick into gear 
the way that some of the you know current share prices might suggest, you know, then that's where we'll run into a little bit more of a problem, and that's something that we're we're very watchful for. You know, when we think about the stock market over a long period of time, you know, we we sit down with the likes of Eric and others and say, you know, when do we think the economy will get back to that you know more fuller capacity, and most people still think that's kind of a late 2021, early 2022 event. So as long as the return potential for stock markets is, you know, reasonable against that type of a against that type of a backdrop, um, you know, that's what that's what we are focused on. Not necessarily what's what's taking place uh, today or tomorrow. Um, you know, in you know, kind of back to the earlier part of the question, like liquidity has you know, clouded some of these arguments a little bit because, you know, if you take an investment grade bond or you take a long-term government bond and you invert it, so what that means is you take the, the price you pay and you divide it by the coupon, the multiple on bonds is is very high. And, you know, that presents a bit of a challenge for the equity investor because the notion that stocks will bottom at 12 or 13 times earnings, it's just not likely to take place when there's that much liquidity in the system. So, uh, so, so lots of liquidity, not great alternatives, uh, kind of an understanding that the news is going to be bad and then markets generally looking ahead anyways. And, and, and you're left with, um, as you say, healthy valuations. Yeah, that's right. Great. Well, thanks again, Stu. And we'll look forward to, uh, to tracking this, uh, almost real time every Tuesday, uh, on, on the podcast, uh, on the download. So thanks for, uh, for joining us again today. Thanks very much for having me.